Hey, hey, beautiful homemakers. Love the show. Why not join us over on Patreon? It is a Patreon summer here on Homemaker Chic Podcast because now for a dollar a month, you can become a patron of the show, be a part of the conversation. I'll be sharing videos on how I'm using my tubes, makeup and skincare this summer. And of course, you can upgrade, get those free digital copies of our cookbooks, watch full video episodes of the show. Show your love for the show today for just a dollar a month. Visit patreon.com forward slash homemaker chic podcast or just click the red circle over on our Instagram page and it will take you right there. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the season finale, season 17 of Homemaker Chic Podcast. If you're wondering if the seasons are just sort of abstract, they're not. Yeah, they are. (laughs) They're 10 weeks. They're 10 weeks. Don't confuse them. It just makes us sound, it makes us sound super professional when we say, oh, we've been at this for 18 seasons. Okay, great. (laughs) Good for you. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yeah, we used to do, like we used to do longer. Mm -hmm. I think we did 16 16. But that was like too much, especially when we had a theme. And mm-hmm. there wasn't like if, if it was a, like a literal season change in our season, then like it was just topics mm-hmm. where, yeah, I like it this way. 10 weeks is concise, gives us a chance to lean into something. Now we are going to like have some crossover because you've got us going on this home organization uh, uh-huh. gig. So yes. we're going to take that into Q4 because goodness knows we need to stay tidy for No, listen to me, ladies. Holidays. We are... This is a marathon. I said that last week. This is a marathon, not a sprint. We are going to be at this little home organization challenge that we started a few weeks ago for a while. (laughs) So the idea is just every week when you come and listen to Homemaker Chic, and hopefully you're sharing the podcast with your sister or your mom or your girlfriends or your Bible group, you're just like, hey, check this out. Um, Hopefully you're bringing other people along in the challenge with you. And that way you got, you have somebody to kind of chat about it with and do it alongside, which is always more fun. I call them accountability buddies. Oh my gosh. I can't even say that word. That word is so silly. It happened to my cousin. She was um, at Bible study and somebody there was like, oh, I have this podcast. I love it. You guys should listen to it. She's like, really? What's it called? I'll make her chic. (laughs) That's my cousin. (laughs) (laughs) That's fun. Uh, we do appreciate it when you share the show. So hit that little arrow button wherever you're listening to this podcast and send it to somebody who you've been texting a lot lately. Um, maybe they'll find some enjoyment from it as well. But here we are, season 17 finale. If you're not super familiar with the show, Angela and I decided that homemakers kind of needed a little oomph. We needed a little encouragement. We needed to know that other people cared about what we do and that it had value. We needed somebody to say, Hey, good job. You're doing the right things. You're investing in the right things. It matters. matters. Place to hang out, like something to look forward to aside from mm -hmm. reruns, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And we did that. We decided this one week (laughs) before COVID came and wow, was that impeccable timing? Because then so much of the world found themselves at home, some of them for the first time, not even really knowing what that should look like. What to do you at and- home? What do we do? We're here. What do we do? Yeah. Right. 
Or, you know, now I have time to do those things. And if you're if you're brand new too, Shay and I are best friends. We live 2,000 miles apart. I have six, six children. She has four. We have similar lifestyles in that we live um, on small farms. We each have a cow. We homeschool. And we're both um, working mothers. So mm-hmm. we both have multiple irons in the fire at any given time. This being one of them. This is one of the funner ones. <laughs> yeah, this is a good one of all the ones that we've got. Um, before we keep going, Angela, will you check your mic and make sure you're on your mic mic and not your computer mic? Kind of sounds like you're on your computer mic to me. Huh. Maybe not. Maybe it's my earphones, but just check. Um, oh, oh. Yep. Told you. I remember. There we go. Worth a while ago. I'm here now. Okay. Hopefully that worked. <laughs> yeah. It's just, it, I can see on my ticker. It was a little bit quiet. So. Okay. That's much better volume for the first three minutes or something. Yeah. There we go. Uh, yeah. This is a home run production, ladies and gentlemen. So and by that, we don't mean home run. We mean home, <laughs> home. run. <laughs> it means like those kids pushed my buttons again. The settings are all off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there was this really great bumper sticker I saw a picture of and it was a cross and next mm-hmm. to the cross it said unashamed but it looked like with the cross it said tuna shamed <laughs> and it said the worst kind of shamed you can be is tuna shamed that's like accountability buddy that's like a stupid word oh, oh it gave me a good old <laughs> chuckle um, goodness. Sue and I have this old chicken house uh-huh. that it's like 140 square feet. We built this years ago. I just had my eyes set on this like beautiful chicken coop and it was going to be so, I was going to hang a chandelier. I was going to do all those Pinteresty stupid things that I you think you can do when you but first have chickens. That. I'm like, look that you just got done. Take another yeah. picture in two weeks where there's poop hanging from your little crystals. Okay. Yeah. And the little curtains. Like I understand the desire to want to make something beautiful. Trust beautiful. me. Absolutely. I get it. I've mm-hmm. done plenty of that, mm-hmm. but the, I don't, I, maybe it works if you've got two or three chickens and 140 sure. square feet. I have 60 chickens and 140 square feet. So anyway, at one point we just kind of stood back and we're like, this is a tiny house. Like it's built really, really well. Why are we giving this to the poultry? Poultry. So we kicked them out into a crappier location, much less photographable. (laughs) Anyway, no chicken house reels for you, Shay. No, no one's like, oh my gosh, that's so charming. And they're like, are those plastic nesting boxes from the, you know, the Ace Hardware? And what is, are those just T-posts and twine? What are you doing? Twine, hay bale twine. Seriously. (laughs) Most aside from zip ties on the farm, when you just like dig through the hay on the ground, the trail that you leave when you do chores and you just pick up the twine for projects. Super handy. Super handy. Super I hate it handy. when it's orange. I like it when it's twine color. Well, I have gotten in the habit of turning my farm photos black and white. <laughs> Boom. Covers a lot of sins. It's like, is that twine? I'm like, no, 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 no. That's a hand. 
that's a handmade piece of twine from Amish country. Can't you see? Flax. See? It's, home, it's made from flax. flax. <laughs> Is that duct tape? No, no, no. You've misunderstood. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's vintage <laughs> adhesive. Um, anyway, we have hopes this coming few months of turning that finally into a useful space. It's perfect. Uh, it just needs electricity and it needs to be insulated. So, oh, no big deal. We have this great electrician friend who made the mistake of giving me his phone number years ago. So now I can text him and be like, hey, you want to change out a few outlets on your day off? (laughs) (laughs) I'm hoping he can come and help us for a decent price and then we can do the rest ourselves. Long story short, that is a recording studio. Okay, I knew you were going to say that. Recording studio. Yeah, Sweet. where I can just keep all my gear set up. Nobody be touching my buttons or spilling lattes. You guys. Okay. I'm trying so hard to be a homeschool mom. I need you to know that it doesn't come natural to me. Mm-hmm. I'm not a particularly gifted at it. This was never my intention. So no little like back to school, like Rosemary. I don't get the vibes. Back to school lunch bags. And she like puts like apples in them and fresh pencils and stickers i'm like oh i'm a failure yeah it's no you have a different Dig personality for some pencils i know surely we're just we all different <laughs> yeah i don't i'm not that sort of homeschool mom and i just have come to realize i won't ever i won't ever be that um but i had my computer out working on a math lesson with a kid and he overzealously, we've had this conversation so many times, I can't even tell you about reaching, reached across the table, knocked my latte over onto my two-week-old laptop. Two weeks old. And I didn't get as angry as I could have. So I feel like maybe for Shay. <laughs> I should get some points for that. I'm not saying I handled it well. <laughs> Um, yeah, I always laugh when people are like, talk to your kids about blah, 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 blah. I'm like, listen, sister, you can talk to your kids all you want. That doesn't mean that a professional talker. (laughs) Yeah. I said all the things all the time. Yeah. That doesn't really make a difference. (laughs) Anyway. So that's on my to-do list today is to manually pop out all of my laptop keys one by one. And use a little Q-tip dipped in alcohol to get that sticky latte-ness out. Because now I can barely type on it. The was it a syrup latte? Of course it was. Yeah, I need one of those right now. Yeah. Anyway, we're okay. here with you in the trenches. We're not just saying it. We actually are. Oh, um, Amelie's brand new. So she just got her Invisalign off. Her brand new retainer fell out of her pocket. I was cleaning the guest bedroom and thought it was an old tray mixed in with the dust bunnies and threw it away. She's had it since when I talked to you the other day when we went to the orthodontist. That's great. So garbage day was Tuesday. So I'm like, well, I guess I know what you'll be doing today. Yeah. Put out a drop cloth and dump out every bag of garbage on this property because I'm not buying any retainer. Those are expensive. Braces. (laughs) She didn't have her Invisalign for very long at all. No, like her teeth were really, I mean, she got like, she got off easy. Her teeth mm-hmm. were nice. And they said, you don't even need these. But if you want like extra nice teeth, you can do this for five months. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Good for her. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. I wear my retainer every night because I did Invisalign too. It was pretty awesome. Not awesome to wear or do, especially when you cook for a living. Major pain in the behind. Yeah. Well, she was like, I have to get rid of these things before Paris, you know, because yeah. she was so yeah. diligent about like, yeah, I'm so diligent. Um, yeah. So yeah speaking Not of reaching, though. I'm we're having dinner conversations like this, like trying to get our children to imagine a two foot wide bistro table. And how small they are and how cluttered up with wine glasses and water glasses and everything they get and carafes and no reaching. Please don't attract any more attention to us than we will naturally receive when mm-hmm. we go out for dinner. No reaching. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It, I mean, that's the thing, though. You say it and then they want something across the table. She's like, it's just, I don't know. <laughs> I'm not saying I'm giving up. I'm just saying a latte did get dumped on my new laptop. So. There you go, ladies. Um, thank you to Tubes and Co. for sponsoring season 17 of Homemaker Chic Podcast. You've heard us talk about tubes because we use them and we love them. You can visit their website at tubesandco.com, tubes, T-O-U-P-S and co.com. Or if you want super fast, easy, clickable links, you can go over to our Instagram page, which is Homemaker Chic Podcast. And Angela's made beautiful little buttons for all of our advertisers and sponsors with the codes for Tubes and Co. That code is Summer Beauty. And we want you to continue to use that code if you're listening to this, regardless of when it is, so that Tubes and Co. knows that you're a homemaker chic listener, which is important to them as they're managing. This is a small family-owned business. So every dollar that you spend there matters, and every dollar that they spend in advertising really matters. And so it helps them. It helps you. You get 10% off and it helps the podcast as well. So it's a great way for you to show your love. But the thing is, we're not asking for you to pity shop there. These are beautiful, beautiful, small batch made products by Emily and her crew, natural organic skincares and makeups that you can feel good about putting on your skin and that you can delight in. You can pronounce all of the ingredients. You don't have to worry about any kind of hormone disruptors. Um, I had a friend of mine who had breast cancer recently, and she was saying what a shocking time it was when even the conventional sort of protocol for dealing with some of these types of breast cancer is like, you actually really need to be aware of what you put on your skin, what you put on your armpits, right? So like, that's a big one, aluminum-based deodorants, which are great for stopping your sweat, but turns out sweating is a really natural process. It's a great part of the detoxification process. Mm-hmm. It's what your body needs to do to regulate heat and to and to get rid of toxins. And so, um, for example, Tubes & Co. deodorant, which I use every day, it's not an antiperspirant, meaning your body is still allowed to sweat, but uh, they have a regular strength and an extra strength. It does keep you from smelling, which is really wonderful really simple, easy ingredients. And they do such a good job of formulating that. So if you're visiting Tubes & Co. for the first time and you're not sure what to try, give that natural deodorant a spin and throw away your aluminum stuff and never, ever use it again. Yeah. I mean, I remember it's been 
probably a good 20 years, but I remember when I learned about aluminum and just like, mm-hmm. and it was right like at the time where like companies like Suave, you know, uh, were coming out with uh, like lotion with gold flecks in them and mm. illuminating this and aluminizer that. And I just remember starting to look at everything that I was putting on my body and everything had aluminum. It's not just deodorant. It's Vaseline products, Vaseline intensive care, suave. Um, it's really, you know, it was, it was disheartening. I'm like, well, I guess I'm just going to like go crunchy because this was, you know, so long ago when everybody was just sort of, sort of beginning that journey. I was just shocked that it was more than just, mm-hmm. just deodorant. And I'm still shocked today when I go to somebody's house and I see that on their counter, I'm like, are we all not like just kind of in the back of our mind, like trying to think about breast cancer and like, how, how are we still using aluminum under our armpits? That is thick. Well, I had this big talk with my friend Amber about this recently and how, when you're doing something like changing out your deodorant or changing out your skincare or um, working out or like, cooking good food and, and putting all that effort into clean eating. (laughs) This is so anti our culture, any of those singular things, because you're essentially saying I will, I'll pay now and reap later. Mm -hmm. And we do the opposite. We would like to reap now. Right. And then I'll pay off that target card in six months or six years. Thank you. And so You're essentially saying, I'm willing to pay this price now, and I'm not going to see the rewards or see the benefits of that for years upon years upon years upon years. Mm -hmm. But I think about, I try to think about it like working out where you get that little bit of a high, like I did it. I worked out today. I'm super proud of myself. It takes months to build muscle (laughs) and it takes potentially years to like really change your body shape. Mm Mm-hmm. And so you have to be committed to it for the long term because that's when you reap the rewards is just that like big goals and like very small incremental steps to getting to those goals. Right. Right. So there's, yeah, you know, even there's so many things like that where it's, you're making this decision. Like I might not feel this now. I'm going to get no instant gratification from this. No little endorphin kick. This is just more expensive, or this is just a pain, or this is just painful. Yeah. Yeah. But I try to, in my mind, I think about it like you're making deposits in a bank account. Mm -hmm. Like every good meal that I feed my kids, that's a deposit in their bank account. Right. Every time I work out, in so many ways. Memory to a good, like, uh, big time. Olfactory memory to a good conversation to just usually good for the budget. As opposed to eating out, right? For their Mm -hmm. bodies. Mm Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. So it's, um, I'm not saying it's easy, but nothing that we do, nothing worthwhile is. So. Which is why, like, think about on the show, though, what we talk about all the time, we celebrate looking for the little wins, looking for the instant gratification, uh, Mm -hmm. the fresh flowers on the table, a clean tablecloth. A new yeah. throw pillow. You know, we, we make <laughs> that's the deal. only place we can get it. <laughs> we, and we make thus, we make like a big deal about those moments because they, if you're going to be the kind of person that's constantly saying, okay, not now, but later, not now, but later, 
those those other little moments mean a lot. They really mean a lot. Um, we just filmed for YouTube yesterday. We kind of are like annual turning the kitchen over for fall sort okay. of a, a video. And I don't, I'm not a huge decorator, so I don't do that much, but I like, I hang my hop garden garland and I change out my curtains. And so I texted Angela's picture yesterday, you guys pulled out old fabric. Cause the budget for this is zero, zero, as they say in Italian, <laughs> like there was, you know, it's, that's not what we're talking about. We're not talking about spending more money on any of these things, but so I send her a picture of these two fabrics and I'm like, okay, I'm going to make curtains. And by make curtains, I mean, I'm going to cut the appropriate size of fabric from this bigger piece of fabric. And then I will clip it up to my curtain rods. That's how I make curtains. That's how I've always made them for my kitchen. Cause I really enjoy changing them out because it's like one of those small victory kind of things. Mm-hmm. There's still big kind of unfinished projects. So you got to celebrate where you can get them. And she said, well, I have the fabric on the left. So I'm sick of that one. So do the one on the right, which was this like kind of black and um, canvas colored check pattern. Yeah. Buffalo plaid. Yeah. That was an old shower curtain. That was our shower curtain in our bathroom for five years. And I took it down, washed it and saved it. And I just thought, you know, I might use this fabric one day. And sure enough, I had enough fabric from that shower curtain to cut into, you can go watch the video if you want. Um, It should be up by now, but we just like make these little curtains and we celebrate these little victories. And it was just that we put out fresh flowers. I moved my little seat pads from the dining room into the kitchen so that the little chairs in there looked nice and cushy, stole some um, throw pillows for my couches, some extra ones and put them on the chairs and stacked the firewood. And it's like, those are the small victories that you have to remember to appreciate. Because everything else, we are playing the long game. Oh, yeah. Long haul. Long haul. Yeah. We're not homeschooling our kids because we get instant gratification from it. You're listening to Homemaker Chic Podcast. I'm Angela. I'm Shay. And we are rescuing the art of homemaking from the daily grind. With red lips and no denim jumpers. If you're interested in preserving food, Homemaker Chic listeners go big with a Harvest Dry Home Freeze Dryer. Freeze-dried foods last for 25 years and will maintain taste, color, and flavor. The food retains nearly all of its nutritional value, and home freeze-dried foods cost a third of the store-bought version, which means that your freeze-dryer from Harvest Dry will pay for itself in no time. This is the perfect season to order your freeze dryer, get it set up and have it ready for the rest of summer and autumn bounty, whether you're getting that from the gardens or the markets. You can use your freeze dryer to preserve food when it's on sale at the store, prepare whole meals for something like camping or hiking, or just make sure that none of the food that you have in your house goes to waste. Whether you're freeze-drying fruits, vegetables, herbs, milk, or even eggs, Harvest Right machines are the best on the market. This will soon become an invaluable member of your preserving kitchen. So you can visit bit.ly forward slash Harvest Right Homemaker, or just click the link in the show notes or over on Instagram to shop your new home freeze-dryer system from Harvest Right today. What if you could have heirloom linens that didn't end up on next year's garage sale? 
What about investing once in an American-made product designed to last a lifetime? Shay and I both dress our beds and our bathrooms in sheets and towels from American Blossom Linens, and you can too, by visiting AmericanBlossomLinens.com and using our exclusive coupon code, HomemakerChic20, for 20% off. Our friends at American Blossom Linens are dedicated to bringing us quality American-made linens that can stand the test of time and be beautiful and at the same time, we affectionately call them modern vintage. They are soft and plush and gorgeous, and we know you will love them as much as we do. So visit AmericanBlossomLinens.com and use the coupon code HomemakerChic20 for 20% off. I posed a question to the Old World Design Society the other day in the forum, and I said, you know, if you look on social media right now, like everybody, we kind of all... Many people do the same things, the pumpkins on the front steps, the mums. I said, like, what can we do? Like, it's old world people that are attracted to old mm-hmm. world, which is so many different. You know, it's Swedish, it's French, it's British. What can we do to, like, sort of take our fall decor to the next level? Whether yeah. we're into the whole dark academia thing or what? And, oh, my goodness, the responses. I even ha- I not, have not even had time to read all of them. The Give ideas. me some of them. I want to hear some of them. It's just so encouraging. People, so many people said, you know what? I'm not doing that. I'm not, I'm not going to, I'm so over the plastic pumpkin. I'm going to go out into nature. I'm going to bring in twigs and bark and hops. And Uh it was so great. That's what I do. Yeah, yeah, I do too. And then other Mm -hmm. people said, you know, I'm going to get out my, my tea towels and I just, I swap them out or I'm going to get out. One lady said, I really lean heavily into tarnished metals. I bring out the patinaed mm-hmm. silver and copper just so it was a great great mm. thread and i just really appreciated everybody's resourcefulness and their traditions mm-hmm. and um just what they do to mm-hmm. walk into a new season so yeah. mm-hmm. i think i had the benefit of like when i was learning how to be a homemaker i didn't have money and so I didn't ever have the option of like, oh, you're switching over to autumn now. So let's go to Hobby Lobby or let's go to Joanne's and we'll buy the plastic pumpkins and we'll buy the like happy Halloween wreath that goes on our door or whatever. Right. I like that wasn't even an option. And so I kind of got in the habit of doing it a different way and then just never got out of it. And so that's exactly what we do. We go out, we clip all these like dead things where they have beautiful little seed pods or seed heads and hang herbs up in the window. I love that. It gives it such a, a such a pretty feel mm-hmm. and create little bountiful baskets of things. So we have beautiful peppers and tomatoes and eggplants and parsley and all these gorgeous things in the garden. And so I'll just bring them in and put them in bowls, put the herbs in glasses of water and just like it's like this everyday changing arrangement, which is so fun. And it makes things feel special. It makes your everyday stuff feel special. Mm-hmm. I love that you saved an old shower curtain. I am loath to throw out fabrics, textiles, fabrics. Mm-hmm. I think they're, it's just really good. Like you said, to wash them, fold them and put them away. Cause you just don't know what you're going to be in the mood for 18 months later. And yep. especially things like, like as far as on a budget, if you're out thrifting or you have something like an old tablecloth or an old shower curtain, when it are, when the hem is already made, 
Mm-hmm. And you can just clip across the one side, fold it down and put the clips on, like you said. That's yep. That's an easy move right there. Yep. That's exactly what I do. I bought these really beautiful little brass clips so I can just literally tack it up. Mm-hmm. And then I always make my I make my sink curtain first. So that that always has like the curtain rod, right? That can go through it like if it's a shower curtain or something. Okay. But I think I think your point to your point, you don't know. Your your taste changed. I've I've held this shower curtain up in that kitchen many times and been like, nope, not right. It's not right. Mm-hmm. Yesterday it was like, all right, now's its time. Well, um, I wanted to point this out. I am in this really great photography group that I love. And they had us pull up this Instagram account this week on our call. And I can't say it, so I'm not going to say it, but I wanted to show it to you patrons. If you're looking at this, I want to show this to you. You can see this Instagram feed. It is the most Angela feed I've ever seen. Is this the one you sent me? That's like super perfect. It's unbelievable. The fabrics, the crusty walls, the bouquets of flowers, the patina paint, Mm -hmm. the, the animal print lampshades. It's gorgeous. And so they, they pulled this up and they said, Hey, what do you guys think of this feed? And a few people, older people were like, Oh, it's really busy or, Oh, you know, yeah, it's pretty cluttered. But if you're a maximalist, you're like, I just find, I was like, I love this. Mm -hmm. This is gorgeous. And then the ball dropped this whole feed which has almost as many followers as I do on Instagram the word perfect is entirely made with AI. Mm-hmm. None of these are real houses. None of these are real fabrics. These aren't real walls. These are just dream scenarios. And sh- this lady got so much flack for it that she, cause she, people thought it was real. They thought she was the photographer, a very good photographer. Right. Um, and finally she, ha- she, so now she'll put in the description, like in this imaginary kitchen, And so people now can kind of know that it's artificial intelligence. My point in telling you this homemakers is if you go to this feed and you see stuff like this, you see this perfection. Oh my gosh. How damaging is it when you're like, but I've only got a plastic pumpkin to decorate with. (laughs) That's the extent of what I can do right now. And if that's all you got, girl, rock it. But I just thought how damaging this would have been for me to see as a homemaker, mm. when beauty is really important to you and the way that your home looks is really important to you, your aesthetic is really important to you. Oh my gosh, this would have been so defeating. It's not real. Now, is she a designer? She's a first... set designer and a stylist. Okay. So at first mm-hmm. glance, you you take it in as I'm looking at her portfolio. Mm-hmm. But like... I looked at by the fourth picture, I said, this is not real. Like, why? What made you say that? Because AI right now, it might not soon, but it does have a look. Like, I don't see it in this one. I I think this is so good. It's got a look. But it but it reads when you go to her page and you look at it like I immediately went, oh, well, here's a, some, a designer set that, you know, I've never heard of. This is, mm-hmm. I'm looking at her work, you know? Mm-hmm. I don't, yeah. It's unbelievable. It's on my nerves, man. It's on my nerves. I mean, I'm a photographer, like I'm devoting so much of my working life to, to doing this and putting value onto things by doing it well. And mm-hmm. yeah, it's, 
it's sad, but I think in a way, I suppose it's a great reminder that like AI is not going to raise your kids. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not going to create an atmosphere in your home. Like you do that homemaker. Like there is a reason that this is the longest standing profession ever. Is that true? You think back? Prostitution is what they say. It's okay. No, come on. <laughs> Eve was right. Eve right. was Eve raising was her right. children. Right. She was a homemaker before, before she was the first prostitute. Thank I you. Say before she was a prostitute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's timeless, ladies. You're building something timeless. Just remember that. Even if you're not raising children, you're tending your home. You are investing in something. You know. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Um, okay. Wait, before we go to questions, <laughs> go ahead. Before we go on to your questions in the season finale, I'm going to give you a few assignments since we're going to have two weeks off. Okay. So get out a pen and paper. I'm going to write down your organization assignments. If you're just checking in with us, this is we're working through Tony Hammersley book the complete book of home organization together here on the podcast. You can go buy it. She is a good, the great blogger behind a bowl full of lemons. This is a great book. Um, I'm not going to read it all the words because that would probably be a copyright issue, <laughs> but <laughs> I am going to do some assignments. So if you go back, I think you put the assignments from the past episodes in the show notes, correct? Oh, I think I forgot to on the last show. Okay. So if you want to catch up, yeah. If you want to catch up, go to the few last few two or three episodes and the assignments are in there. Okay. So I'm going to give you actually five assignments today because they're all pretty, they're all pretty simple. We're still in the kitchen. This is where we're going to start and we're going to stay here for a while. So next assignment, assignment number five is to clean out your spices I know some of you have already done this because you've shared it with us over on Instagram. Pull out the old spices, categorize them, label them, put them in jars. Angela recommended to me last week on the podcast that I find a lazy Susan for my spices because I had them all on a shelf. It was kind of hard to manipulate them around. This was a $0 budget, remember? Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so... I went around my house. I'm like, I know I've got one somewhere. And I found it It was this old one that I'd been given when we did our food network pilot. So I brought it out, organized my spices on it. And it's so great. It works so great. I love Lacey Susan's. I grab them anytime I see one. Like if there's one at the junk shop or whatever. Mm -hmm. For everything from like cake baking to painting something. You can just spin it around. and Yeah, Yeah, I could see getting a lot more to organize my root cellar, but that's a task for another day. So Mm -hmm. clean out your spices, get those organized. Okay. Next, create a best of station. So we talked about this a little last week. This is a little station on your counter, probably next to your stove where you're going to put your essentials. So I have one already, actually. I have olive oil, salt, pepper, Um, And a little, little pitcher of maple syrup, because I use that in small little things kind of throughout the day. And so that's what I keep on my best of station, meaning it's just 
to my right, because I'm right-handed, I'm standing at my stove. It's direct. Oh, and my butter directly there to my right. I've got my essentials. Do you have one best of station? I do. It's not, it's two feet away from my stove, but it's, it's where I keep all my oils and my, like, I like looking at the bottles. It's like perfume mm-hmm. bottles, you know? So I've got like my balsamic and my big, I have two big acrylic, uh, ones for salt, ones for pepper. They're pretty mm-hmm. sexy and they're so tall. I can just like reach and grab them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And my, um, mortar and pestle and yeah. There you go. Okay. The next one is to think outside the shelf. So she talks about her two favorite spice organizers are Lazy Susan's and drawers. Um, If you're lacking cabinet space, then storing spices in a drawer can be a great out, a great new way to think about that. So we're not just cleaning our kitchens. Remember, we're, we're reorganizing them in a way that works better. And so I think what she's challenging you to do here is to look at your drawer space, look at your shelf space and just take a step back and think, Hmm, is that drawer? I'll give an example. I have this little itty bitty drawer. I actually don't know what to do with it yet. And right now it's got fly paper, a pair of scissors, some rubber bands, a few essential oils that I cook with, maybe some hooks, like extra pan hooks. Like it's just, it's nothing. And I don't know what it could be, but it could be better than that. I'll tell you. Could be something better than that. So think outside the shelf as you're organizing your spices. Um, Next up, group your utensils together. I have mine separated by metal and plastic, wood, and then a small little one I keep of just like, these are my five I use the most, like my fish spatula, my little whisk, my favorite wooden spoon. (laughs) So get rid of ones you don't use. Or store them away where you still have them, but you don't need them out. What do you keep yours in, your utensils in? I have a copper champagne bucket on my butcher block that I keep my wood in. And then in my little like baking closet where I keep my mixer on a stand and stuff, that's where I keep like my anything metal. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I keep mine out on my counter. I just have three crocs, you know, those old ceramic crocs. Pretty have, simple. Yeah. I have about nine square feet of counter space. So yeah, <laughs> not a that's lot. yeah. Big time. Okay. Then last up is to utilize your drawers. Wait, I, wait, again, so number four was what I'm right. I'm right. Group your utensils, group your utensils. Yep. Clean them out, wipe them down, get rid of ones you don't use purge, create a space for them, group them together and then utilize your drawers. So purge what you don't need and organize your drawers or Angela recommended this first week was it doesn't mean you need to get rid of it. Maybe get a Tupperware with a lid and just label it like extra kitchen accessories or extra kitchen tools. I mean, think about your closet. You don't keep, say you have a few cocktail dresses like that or like that you'd wear to an after an evening dinner or something, a gown, let's say. Yeah. You're not, that's not in rotation in your closet. Usually it's in a zipper in the front wall, front hall closet, or it's that you keep that stuff somewhere else. It doesn't have mm-hmm. to be in circulation. And that made such a difference in my kitchen when I took out the things that I, I used, but they didn't need to be in circulation. I joke, the Lightning McQueen Wilton cake pan does not mm-hmm. need to be with my nine cake rounds. 
yeah exactly you know like or or even if yeah even if there's things you use not a ton like i have a mandolin slicer yeah i mean yeah exactly that i have that it's i love it i'm glad i have it Mm -hmm. but i don't use it often enough again i have three drawers in my kitchen so do i I have no upper head cupboards, like everything really matters. And it really matters to me because I want to enjoy being in there. And when it's messy and I can't get my KitchenAid thing back in the drawer, it makes me really grouchy. Yeah. Which I think now that I'm thinking about it, what was stopping it from going in yesterday was my whetstone, like my sharpening stones. Mm. Why are those in one of my three kitchen drawers? Yeah. They should not be. They should be stored away. Extra kitchen overflow. Yeah. So there you go. Those are your five tasks for the two weeks that were gone. Clean out your spices, create a best of station, think outside the shelf, group your utensils and utilize your drawers. I, okay. So we got a, a, our cow freezer cow. And I took, I have the big four, uh, bread pans that are like connected like a professional mm-hmm. baker you know mm-hmm. well they don't fit in the laconch mm-hmm. and but i don't want to get rid of it it's a cool pan <laughs> so i actually labeled them and i i organized my steaks in them they're in my freezer <laughs> that's funny <laughs> i've used those every for, time um... i open it i'm like look how nice that is i won't have to is this a new york or porterhouse <laughs> what am i they're all like do 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 like a filing system awesome sauce I love that. Yeah. I've used them for pencils and crayons and colored pencils before. Mm-hmm. Um, my kids ruined that pretty, pretty quickly. I was quickly. just going to say, and that lasted how long? Yeah. Five seconds. I felt great about myself for five seconds. Yeah. All right. Okay. Um, let's go. All right. We got to talk about wine in a while. Okay. So when you're ready okay. to cue that, let me know. Question okay. number one. Uh. What are your tips for dressing well while pregnant and breastfeeding? Bonus for not spending lots of money. Baby two is on mm-hmm. the way. I find myself struggling not to fall into leggings and crew neck every day as my usual uniform doesn't work for the bump and breastfeeding will limit options even past birth. Your episodes are something I look forward to every week. Thank you, ladies. Mm. So when I was pregnant, I wore a lot of dresses, a lot of skirts and tops. They just felt the most comfortable to me because they felt feminine down under your belly then. So there was nothing resting on your belly. Yeah. I would, the waist would, they were always elastic Mm -hmm. and they would go under the bump. And then I would wear just a nice shirt over the top, you know? And then even if it was casual, it felt nice to me. I think a nice pair of white tennis shoes, with a little sundress or a nice, you know, of course we're going into fall now. So that's a little bit different, but I did have some fall pregnancies and I would just wear like not yoga pants, but like wool, not wool, but you know, like leggings with mm-hmm. the feet part on them, like tights, but not like the uncomfortable kind. Do you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> they had feet. Yeah. They had feet on them. Like it went over your feet. Like a, like a, that's a tight. Yeah. But it wasn't like tight fabric. It was, it, it's soft and it's thick. It'll keep your legs really warm. Like a fleece. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fleece tights. There you go. Fleece Those tights. Great. Fleece tights. Sorry. That took Amazing. me a minute to get to. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, there is no greater torture device in my book than the maternity gene. Don't tell me they're comfortable. Don't tell me these are finally the comfortable maternity gene. I just remember like if I wore them, I would just get home and like rip them off as fast as possible. I hated maternity jeans. They were never, ever comfortable. So I wore a lot of skirts and a lot of dresses. I don't think I wore them. I think I, you know, the belly band, I would wear my jeans unbuttoned within the belly band over the waist. My (laughs) hips would get so big so fast that that belly band would last. With my first first pregnancy, I wore my jeans till like six months and then they were finally too tight. But like after that, oh, no, (laughs) Mm. you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um. Gosh, I'm trying to think of I think some the- of my favorite pieces were. Here's what I here's what I was very committed to. I was not going to change my style just because I was pregnant. Mm-hmm. I wasn't going to be I'm not a prairie muffin. I wasn't going to become a prairie muffin just because I was pregnant. I was going to keep my same style. So I would buy a lot of things large, extra large. I wore a lot of non-maternity clothes and I got I'm, you know, I'm 5'4", and like with my last pregnancy, I was pushing 200 pounds. So I gained a lot of weight. So it's not like it worked, that worked for me because I was a certain size. I would just buy stuff that was interesting. So I would buy like um, dresses that had diagonal stripes. You know, I would just try to keep things interesting. I would try, I felt so frumpy. I would try to... um, really counter that I would try not to lean into that by like dressing like that mm-hmm. you know it was sort of like mm-hmm. a, a rebellion like I just was trying to always push against how crummy I felt because I was sick the whole time but comfort I had to be comfortable because I was sick that makes sense I needed to feel mm-hmm. fashionable I needed to be comfortable and I needed to feel stylish I never did just the black leggings and big shirts because that just made me feel like a big sellout I couldn't do it. Mm. See, I did do that for a while, but I would do like button up like denim shirts. Mm-hmm. Like they were like big man shirts, but they had like structure. I liked the button up with the collar. Mm-hmm. I could roll the sleeves up. So I, I felt really nice in those with like some nice earrings or something. Yeah, I would have just looked like a boat. I wore actually like mostly <laughs> form fitting. Like I was like, look, if I got curves, we're doing this. So <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Yeah. I mean, I think a a great place to start with that question would be like, what makes you feel good? Mm -hmm. Because different clothes make different people feel good. Some women are really uncomfortable in dresses and skirts um, and they might feel more feminine in another way. And so I think the question is what makes you feel good and then try to find a way that you can kind of manipulate that to make it work for you. Um, if we're going into winter, this is a great time for really beautiful sweaters, soft, gorgeous sweaters. They can be a little bit more form fitting. Um, and you can wear them with a skirt or you can wear them with leggings or you can wear them with jeans, maternity jeans, if that's what you already have and you don't want to spend more money. Um, to me then too, besides what you're wearing, it's a great time to lean into, are there new hairstyles you're wanting to try? Have you been meaning to get your hair cut? How is your makeup? Do you like to wear makeup? Is there a new lipstick color that you'd like to add in? Maybe now is a great time to go thrifting for some new jewelry or like 
what are these little accessories and these little wonderful ways? I mean, it might be as simple as just buying a new package of nice socks, matching socks to where you're going to put your black leggings and your big shirt on, but you're going to have matching socks, dang it. Or you're going to have a nice new pair of tennis shoes or a nice, great, great place, um, pair of leather loafers or, or something that makes you feel like I can't control the size of this belly, but like my, my feet look great, you know? And I, and less is more in that. Like if, if something makes you feel really good, wear it all the time. You know, I would have like a black dress and I'd wear black tights and black boots. Like if I was going out, look, I like this. I'm wearing it all the time. And like you said, don't do that thing where you tell yourself, I'm going to have this baby and I'm going to lose the 40 pounds and then I'm going to get my hair cut. Don't Mm -hmm. do that. (laughs) Don't punish yourself for being pregnant. I I know people do this. I'm not going to buy anything new. I'm not going to get anything new. I'm pregnant. I'm going to wait. No. Especially because you're probably going to get pregnant again. Mm -hmm. Have three or four things that you feel great. Those are your pregnancy clothes. You just wear them all the time. You rock that. Keep your nails done. Don't Mm -hmm. wait to get your hair cut till the week. Don't go the whole time. You know, I know everybody runs out right before the baby's born and they get that last minute manicure or they get that haircut. Like, take care of yourself the whole time. Yeah. It's not an abandonment of yourself. That's why I said, like, I didn't change my style. And, like, maternity clothes often were terrifying. You'd go and you're like, I wouldn't be caught dead in that. You know, mm-hmm. you got to hunt, find some, um, maybe, like, some Poshmark, some higher-end maternity clothes that are going to be cut a little bit better or they're not mm-hmm. just, like, a big floral sack, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and... um this could be a great time too to just buy yourself if you can, or maybe your birthday comes during the pregnancy or Christmas comes during the pregnancy. Have somebody get you some really sexy, beautiful, big silk pajamas or a really gorgeous bathrobe or something that makes you feel really good. And there are things that you can do that don't cost any money. Like if you're into this, shaving your legs, like right? those, those small things, things, lotion your legs keep your armpits nice and clean and, and shaved or like, you know, everybody has their things. Those are where my things, I love like a beautiful clean shave. And then I use, um, tubes has this great body oil. Mm -hmm. Um, they didn't have it when I was pregnant, but that's what I use now. Like I just feel so nice and it's just taken me just a little time and a little bit of effort, but those are those kind of extra ways of just caring for yourself. And then what's amazing is when you start to do these things and you go to bed and you get a good night's sleep, hopefully with in your pajamas or with your shaved legs or whatever it is for you and your matching mm-hmm. socks, mm-hmm. you wake up, you naturally feel better. You want to put a little bit more effort in. It's like you have more energy to even be like, oh yeah, that felt really good. How can I feel good today? Mm-hmm. You know, and maybe it's just taking some of your clothes that you have and ironing and starching them so that you feel better when you're wearing them. Right, right. Um, so, okay. Breastfeeding. For breastfeeding, um, I didn't wear nursing bras. I got one like with my first child and I was like, well, this is just awful. I would just stretch them out, pull them down. And um, I would usually just wear things that I could like, I just lift. I just lifted up. Yeah. 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 I did the same thing. Eventually you get to the point where you're so comfortable breastfeeding. Right. Unless it's like a dress, which 
those, if you couldn't stretch it down, you'd have to like pick the whole thing up. So I just tried to be aware of that. If I was going into certain situations where I wanted to be able to nurse a little bit more discreetly and I didn't want to have to lift my entire dress up. Yeah. So just kind of being aware of the social context. If I was at home, I didn't care. Just lifted it all up. Mm -hmm. So there you go. Hopefully that's helpful. Pregnancy. Oh, sweet. Hard. Okay. So hard. I actually know somebody who this happened to. Um, I'm about six weeks along with my fourth baby. I guess we're going to stay on babies for a second. The only symptom so far has been the worst BO known to man. <laughs> it happens. It uh, does happen. Yeah. Oh, gosh. I've been exfoliating, using natural deodorant, eating clean, et cetera, and it's not getting any better. Really hoping to not smell this bad for another eight months. Super tough. That is tough. Gosh, that's um, so weird. I thought I saw Stuart and I thought, what is Joel doing home? Like oh, in my mind, it was yeah. like my door opening because they're on the screen. They're right on top of each other. They are. Yeah. My brain got really confused for a second. Um, okay. So I'll tell you how I handled this. Okay. I did use natural deodorant and all that, doing all the things that you say. Um, when I was going to go into a social situation or like a particularly stressful situation, Mm -hmm. then I would, I would use a different deodorant for that one off time. And okay. I think that's important. You know, we talked a little bit about microplastics last week. To me, this mm -hmm. kind of falls under the same category. There's a difference between I'm going to put this deodorant on that's just nuclear mm -hmm. before I go to church, let's say, where I'm actually like raising my hands <laughs> around hugging people. And mm -hmm. like the expectation is a little bit different, but I'm going to do that one time as opposed to do it for 60 years. It's do you true. know what I mean? I, so I like a little tiny travel size suave, mm -hmm. ironically, deodorant. And like, that's what I'll wear the morning of a flight. Like, the flights not, for something about like flights. swamp thing on a flight. Cause I no, it's anxiety. Aspire. I actually like do it on my, like not yeah. my crotch, but like on my inner thigh and everything. Cause you just, you're just sitting there in your own juices for it's just so tense too. You're like you're kind of on uptight and oh, yeah, like you're going through TSA and you're like, it's hot. Yeah. You're peeling your clothes. Yeah. 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 There's something weird about travel that like brings out this smell in me. That's, I don't smell like that when I'm at home and when I'm calm right. and when things are like, I'm what, what's happening to me? Right. I call it my travel stink and it's real. It's real. <laughs> so, um, you know, this probably won't last for a super long time. Try to find the, the cleanest, best one that you can that's effective. Other than that, I'm not sure if there's much you can do. It's just one of the many blessings your children will bring you in the years to come. And what? My computer's making noises. Sorry. I don't want the mic to pick it up. I don't hear anything. I'm not having good audio problem or good uh, <laughs> situations today. <laughs> it's just doing weird things. I Okay. Sorry about that. Uh, yeah. Um, mm -hmm. I don't know all, all the things cornstarch. Like I would just experiment with all the, all the things I've heard people, certain people will like detox their armpits, do different clay draws and stuff. I've never had great success with that. It tends to just be more hormonally related. Um, so yeah. Maybe somebody else, if anyone else has a great idea, shoot it to us over on Instagram. We'll share it. Okay. Um, let's take a quick tea 
And it's Monday, maybe, but you're listening to this on Friday. Maybe it's Friday afternoon. Lucky you. Uh, Pour a glass of Dry Farm Wines, won't you? You can visit dryfarmwines.com forward slash homemaker chic. So you guys are listening to this podcast. You know, we put a lot of time and effort into what we put into our bodies, on our bodies, what we do with it all. And that's super important. So the reason that I even found dry farms years ago was because I was kind of desperate to continue enjoy drinking wine without the headache, without the icky feeling, without that kind of wine gut, thick, not great feeling you get sometimes even after just one glass of wine. And so from the beginning of this podcast, we've been encouraging you to pursue better, not more. And dry farms is okay. It's such a perfect example of a product done exceptionally well from boutique wineries all around the world, imported into the United States, delivered to your doorstep, all grown organically, biodynamically. Dry Farms threshold is so severe. (laughs) Their expectations are very, very high. You can learn more about them, what they allow to be labeled as Dry Farms, meaning it's met the standards and what we're willing to put our sticker on it kind of a thing. We're willing to ship it to our people. Um, is really high. And I love that because they're doing a lot of work for me. I don't have to go and figure out how are they growing these grapes? Are they putting in additives? Are they putting putting in colorants? Are they putting in sugars? What kind of yeast are they using? Is that going to affect the yeast of my body, the bacteria is present in my body? They do all that work for us. So dryfarmwines.com forward slash homemaker chic. Sorry. Sorry. Go ahead. No, it's okay. Uh, and it's... It's classy. Okay, ladies, we're all getting kind of lumped. I just think like there's this thing happening with modern women and the mindset is our kids are a pain. We hate our husbands. We drink lots of wine. But yeah. for Chardonnay, Friday, yeah. Friday, Wino Wednesday, like there's this whole like vibe and it's not classy. Okay. And I know a lot of you listening are very classy and Dry Farms is classy. It's not that culture. It's not that wine culture mm-hmm. you, know, you just disappeared came back sorry my mom called me it was my okay. mom's fault okay mom all right i know mine okay listen to this i love this um well this a little shout out to tubes just got her first tubes order and is loving it also have become a huge fan of dry dry farm wines due to this podcast i have an allergy to sulfur and I always I would always get so congested when I drank wine. Oh man, what a difference a wonderful bottle of wine makes. This is the only wine I drink now. It's been about a year and I would never consider going back. See, that's what I'm saying. It's really true. I feel so, so, so grateful for it. So if you've never ordered dryfarmwines.com forward slash homemaker chic, you're going, you will receive a bottle for a penny. So if you order three, that means you're going to get four. If you order six, you're going to get seven, so on and so forth. They just charge you a penny because it's illegal to give away free alcohol. <laughs> what a world we live in. What a world. <laughs> Come so on. Illegal, but that is illegal, apparently. Okay. Priorities. <laughs> All right. All right. Gosh, I don't have one pulled up now because I was digging for that. Uh, digging for that uh, wine testimonial. 
ladies, this is just food for thought based on what we spoke about a few weeks ago. I recommend having your water tested before a whole house filter. Oh, I felt the same as you, but was happy. I tested first because my water was very safe and we only needed a softener. Pay four to five hundred dollars for the best test possible possible and then save thousands potentially on a needed filter. I never thought of that. Are you on a well? We are on a well for our irrigation. Okay. We are on city water for our okay. house. We're on a well. People talk about chlorinating your well. I'm like, do I have to? I don't know. I don't want to. Yeah, I'm not sure. I don't know really that much about any of this stuff, to be honest mm-hmm. with you, but I just know that there can be a lot of things in water um, and it can taste weird. It can taste off, it, you know, depending on where you're getting your water from. That's the problem. It's like, it's all so incredibly different that I guess I just sort of assumed a whole house filter would be the way to go, but maybe that's not the case. Mm-hmm. That's actually a good idea. Yeah, I always wonder it with like city versus well, because in my mind, I think of city water as very treated mm-hmm. and well water is like from the Lord. <laughs> but I know. Yeah, but, but like I'm surrounded by orchards. And so it's yeah, like yeah, you have a lot of I don't I don't know that I would want to drink with. We don't let our kids drink our well water because I'm like, I've never tested it. I don't know what's in it. No, it's a good idea. We actually have um, we're orchards here, too, but not next to our property. But we I know yeah. of farms in the area whose well has been ruined you cannot drink mm-hmm. the water and there are sick families because it's mm-hmm. just isn't like, that crazy it's terrible they spray mm-hmm. it breaks my heart okay uh mm-hmm. question for angela but shay you're gonna pop on, on this too uh when did you start your children in piano music lessons my oldest is three and a half but she's very musical and i don't want to miss her getting involved i was inspired by seeing ami lee play the piano so beautifully on your recent oh. YouTube video um okay so for me as I sort of do it like I do reading I don't push my kids academically as like as when obviously they need to learn to sit still but I don't let me just say this like even with my boys I don't try to school a five-year-old boy hardly anything I let them usually run till they're about seven and then they have to sit for longer periods of time I did the same with piano as soon as they could sit and show and show interest. And that's kind of how I introduce my children to reading as soon as like they start, what's that say? Or what's that letter? What's that sound? That's my cue. Like, okay, let's start spending some time on this. And I did the same with piano. Um, so typically for them, that's between four and six with piano. Uh, the piano teacher that we just are switching over to Ami Lee teaching the kids because she's so good and We've been doing uh, FaceTime lessons with an out-of-state teacher for so long now. But what he did was, especially with boys, is he would just do the lesson until they got wiggly, until they were losing interest, and then would pull back and say, okay, next student, you know? Um, And he also was really good about letting them choose the music or have influence in the music that was selected. So say a your five-year-old wants to learn the theme to Star Wars. He was like, yes, we're not going to do Bach. We're going to do the theme to Star Wars. We're going to do what helps you create a love for sitting at this instrument. 
Mm-hmm. So that is my answer to that. How, mm-hmm. how how early and when and why did you start your kids? Mm-hmm. And are they so all it was on piano. They're all on piano. It was super important to me that they learn to play piano because mm-hmm. piano teaches them to read music. Right. Reading music is a language. Yes. And we go to a church that sings psalms and hymns from a psalter. So that means like 10 times a Sunday, we actually open up a book and we sing in four-part harmony. So you need to be able to read the music and know the notes that you're supposed to say. Mm -hmm. And so it was very relevant to what we were doing. Plus, of course, you just get the whole gift of them playing piano, the musical nature, the creativity that that sparks. Well, it also um, integrates with so many great things, fractions, all the and, things, you know, all those things. Yeah. Yeah. It's just beautiful. And it's a gift. I think mm-hmm. it's, I remind my kids all the time. We are giving you a gift. I don't expect you to be a concert pianist. Right. But like, we are giving you a foundation. You now speak this language that you didn't speak before. Yes. So I don't have it set. And that being said, I don't have it set in my mind. Like they have to play for this long or they have to play for this point mm-hmm. to this point. I just think this is an opportunity to put some years under our belt. So they started, Georgia started in kindergarten or first grade. So how old is that? Five or six. Mm-hmm. Um, she started reading when she was six, reading really well. She was just one of those kids. It was really super simple. So their teacher's threshold is usually when they can read-ish, that's when we'll start them. Because you are reading words in a way when you're playing the piano. Mm -hmm. Um, and so that was just kind of her marker. And I think that is different for each kid. Like Angela said, boys tend to be a little bit more wiggly, a little bit longer. Um, Juliet was just chomping at the bit Mm. to do piano. And so their teacher said, sure, like, great, (laughs) let's do it. And and she would just start with like a 15 minute lesson once a week. So simple. Only practice when she would want to, mm-hmm. you know, so it was, it was pretty straightforward. Um, look, doing piano, doing musical instruments, Charlotte Mason co- talks a lot about this. That's, and there's so much good information there. It's a commitment. It takes now we drive our kids 20 minutes to lessons. They're there for like two and a half hours between all of them. Yeah. It's a massive commitment. It takes money. Um, it takes effort. And I just see so much value in it. Obviously, like Stuart is a musician. He sees the value in it. I played piano until I was in, I think, eighth or ninth grade. And because of that, now I can still read music. So it's just such a wonderful, wonderful, valuable thing. And I would even encourage you, ladies, if you want to play the piano, like it's not too late for you to learn a musical instrument. If you don't know how to read music or if you've been wanting to learn how to play or this or that, oh my gosh, go for it. Mm-hmm. Just go for it. What I mean, I have so much to say on that. <laughs> I'm like, if there's something you want to learn, your ship has not sailed. Thank you. Think about your future self. Okay. If you're 40, think about yourself at 50. Do you know what 10 years of piano practice brings you? Think about yourself at 75. Your grandkids are coming over and you guys are going to play your favorite hymns. And you can play because 35 years ago, you decided to take piano lessons. 
Yeah. I just think we've got it. We live in a very youth oriented, wor- youth worshiping culture. And, and very, it's also, if you're a mother, it's very easy to think that learning something new is just for the young. And I just really believe in just thinking about yourself three years from now, five years from now, 10 years from now, it's that delayed gratification. Like we opened the show with don't underestimate like what you could be in just a few years, whether it's painting or gardening or playing the piano or cooking or housekeeping, you can learn Mm -hmm. new things and you can be, um, what is it like 15 minutes a day spent on something is more than most people ever devote to their craft. Mm-hmm. Like you're in like the top 1% if you just give attention to something for 15 minutes a day. Mm-hmm. You're listening to Homemaker Chic Podcast. I'm Angela. I'm Shay. And we are rescuing the art of homemaking from the daily grind. With red lips and no denim jumpers. Homemaker Chic listeners, have you made your 2024 travel plans yet? Why not join me, Angela, in Paris for five nights and six days in either April or October of next year? For the elegant ladies trip of a lifetime, I'll be taking you to my favorite restaurants, patisseries, three different Parisian flea markets, a glamorous riverboat cruise, of course, the must-have photo shoot in front of the Eiffel Tower and more. So grab your mom, your sister, your best friend, or come by yourself and make new friends. Visit parisianfarmgirl.com forward slash Paris with Angela to reserve your place. Spots are very limited with only eight guests. Let me show you around my most favorite city on earth. Visit parisianfarmgirl.com forward slash Paris with Angela or simply click that red circle marked Paris over on our Instagram profile. Hey friends, Shay here. If the food coming out of your kitchen is a little lackluster and if you've been feeling like you need some instruction, direction, or inspiration in the kitchen, I want to personally invite you right now to join the Elliott Homestead cooking community. Visit cook.theelliothomestead.com to get started. Here's the thing, we have to cook multiple times a day, whether it's for us or for a household, we have to be economical, smart, and intentional with what we put on our tables. Since 2018, I've encouraged women in their kitchens with new whole food recipes and instructional cooking videos. Basically, I'm here to help you see that the food that we enjoy matters and I'm here to help you actually cook it. So here's how it works. As a cooking community member, you'll get five farm fresh recipes each month created from my kitchen and delivered straight to you. You'll also get an instructional video to go along with each recipe so that you can learn new skills and begin to enjoy new dishes and flavors. On top of that, we meet once a month for a live Q&A where you can ask questions of me or other home cooks live in community and be inspired to kind of keep going on that good work in your kitchen. Lastly, our online community is thriving and there's loads of conversation and sharing going on there all the time. So you can participate there as much or as little as you'd like for further direction and inspiration. Each month, you'll get to enjoy the bountiful recipes that you'll find in your mailbox or inbox. Visit cook.theelliothomestead.com right now. Choose the membership that works best for you and let's get cooking. Tying all this together, Mm -hmm. Stu had a show last night at a little winery. And I always go, he always reminds me, like, you don't have to go. I was like, I know, but like, this is a delight for me to get to sit and watch you do what you love to do. So I went and sat and I begged my mom to come because my dad is still home recovering from his just completely shattered, broken leg and knee. And so she's been home just nursing him and taking care of him. So I said, mom, why don't you bust out for like an hour, come hang out with me, sip some wine and we'll watch to play. 
So she came down and we sat, we were just catching up and chatting. And I said to her, isn't it funny how people think that the way they are is the way that they have to be? I actually just wrote a blog post on this the other day because I can feel it. Like for me personally, I can feel it with the seasons. I've sort of been feeling it build since I started doing the trips to Paris. I'm like, here we go. We're in the changing. Like we're moving to a new phase. Like this is so exciting. It's so exciting. And I think that should be like the greatest, greatest news to like carry the homemaker forth. Like Mm -hmm. I don't do this or I don't do this, but I can. Like, look, I don't speak Italian, but I'm like practicing. I'm trying. I'm just like diligently plucking away 15 or 30 minutes a day. And it's not sexy. It's not fast. It's not sexy. And like, it's going to be another year. Like, I know so much more than I knew a year ago. A year ago, I had just gotten back from Sicily and I was like, I'm never going back there without being able to help Dolores again because she was translating for eight people or whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah. And so I said, by the time we go again, I'm going to be able to at least help in a basic way. That was my goal. And so now here I am after learning it for a year. I know so much more than I knew a year ago. And I kept keep thinking, look, it's been like, a roller coaster up, down, feel great, feel crappy, try it, suck at it, try it, suck at it. But I think you're still further down the road than you were a year ago. You still are. Mm-hmm. And so if you do that for another year, you're, oh, you're going to be further down the road. I imagine my future French speaking self all the time. I get mm-hmm. giddy. Like, mm-hmm. don't underestimate it. Another year of 30 mm-hmm. minutes a day of making a fool out of yourself. <laughs> This morning's lesson was so bad. I was like, it was so great. I just said a couple mm-hmm. things so great, but I'm just like learning like pronouns and past tense pronouns. And oh my gosh, it was brutal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I imagine progress or like this changing of, of things, right? Whether it's working out, learning to play the piano, speaking a language, whatever. It's like It's like a three-year-old toddling down the road where you're like, hey, toddler, get from point A to point B. Imagine a dirt road, okay? Mm -hmm. And they're like, okay. And then they start walking and then they're like, ooh, a grasshopper. And then they're like rolling in the mud in the ditch. And then they decide to take a nap. And then they turn around and walk the wrong way for a while. And like, that's kind of what it's like. Mm -hmm. So if that's how you're making progress, like somehow that's actually what you're supposed to be doing. Right. Right. It can feel... Like you're not making progress because the days are long and the progress is also long. (laughs) Again, (laughs) blinders and just detach yourself from the culture of, of instant. We tell our kids this all the time because it's so often in homeschooling where you've got a kid who's learning a new math concept where they're learning a new English grammar lesson and then they're in tears Mm -hmm. because they can't do it perfectly or they don't understand it or they don't know it or they do bad on a spelling test or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And we always tell them, if you knew how to do this perfectly, you wouldn't be the student. Mm -hmm. You are, you are, you're the entire purpose of this is you don't know this particular thing. So now we're going to sit down and we're going to practice it. So if you get a bad score or you say something wrong or whatever it is, all that's saying is I need more practice on that. I need more. It's not a reflection on you. 
It's not a reflection on you being dumb or that you can't learn that you're stupid or any of these things. It's literally just helping us to assess and saying, okay, I need to practice that a little bit more. That's it. Why do we take that so personally then when we can't do something perfect? Homemakers are notorious for this, right? We don't want to have people over. Why? Because we're not confident in our cooking. Is our house clean enough? Is it decorated nicely enough? Did I cook my chicken right? I'm not a great baker. What are they going to think about that dessert? Blah, 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 blah. What a silly thing that is. Yeah. I think I was talking to one of my kids about this the other day. I said, you know, I think being in a position with our kids, especially these days of helping them learn something new and helping, encouraging them to muck about in something for years. I I think that's becoming more and more important because, because of the instant culture. Like Mm -hmm. there are so few areas where children today are going to experience having to wait for something. Everything is just here and now and at our fingertips. And mm-hmm. sorry, my kids just all walked in the door. It's very loud downstairs. Um, I think that learning that learning and the struggle of learning and the time it takes to learn something is more important now than ever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there might there might be a some sort of weird ear device, let's say that you could wear where you could, it'll translate in real time. There are. Okay. Probably going to be a thing that doesn't build your character. That's what I mean. It's, it's going to only get easier to do everything. Exactly. But our, I feel like our character and our personalities is going to deteriorate. Right. And your character matters collectively. Yes. And and the one (gasps) matters and the other doesn't. Yeah. 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 And there's something that comes of there's something, there's so much character that's built in just long-term submission to struggle, mm-hmm. whether that's homeschooling your kids, whether that's learning a new skill, whether that's your daily grind at work, whatever it is like that shapes you mm-hmm. and it makes you a sturdier person. And I love that word. It doesn't I make me it. like, a like a word. stick in the mud or like a, it makes you sturdy. Mm-hmm. So um, you know, to go to the analogy of like working out, the the feelings usually aren't there. And you just when you but when you built the habit and you've built that sturdiness up, you know to say, like, okay, yeah, I don't feel like it, but I'm not, I don't have to be a product of my emotions. Mm-hmm. I'm sturdier than that. I know I just need to do the thing. Yeah. Whatever the thing is. So mm. all right. There are 10 children waiting to be homeschooled, right? <laughs> They're so, all out there. It's no longer I, just the birds. I gave them work that they could do while we were right? recording, but that only goes so far. They need mom. They need teacher. They need us. Homemakers, your home needs you. So thank you for being here with us for season 17. We're going to come back in two weeks. We're going to take a two week break, which is going to be great in terms of timing for us with homeschooling, because yes. we're both still really getting that foundation built for the new schedule. Right. So we will be coming back to you the first week of October, right? Yep. We'll I be just did the ninth. We'll have new, new sponsors for you. Uh, patrons, yep. check the Patreon page for that Zoom link for the fangirl call. In the meantime, keep your questions coming over on Instagram. 
Join us on Instagram if you haven't yet. The audience over there is growing all the time. You can watch trailers to each episode and the links to everything that you need. Anything we talk about is, mm-hmm. is over there. So mm-hmm. thanks. So another great season. Yes. Thank you to American Blossom Linens. Make sure you use that code while you can. Homemaker Chic 20. That's over on our Instagram page. Tubes and Co. Summer Beauty. That coupon code will be good until the next season. So make sure you go and use that as well. And we will be back here with you in two weeks. Okay. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.